Hello and welcome to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, founder of Style Story, where you can shop, learn and explore the world of Korean skincare and the founder of K-beauty brand, Jellico. A big welcome to the show and a big welcome back to all of our regular guests. I hope you've had a lovely weekend and that you are getting stuck into your week, no matter what day it is where you guys are from. Uh, So we have a lot of different stuff to get through. I'm going to shake things up just slightly towards the end of today's episode. Uh, So if you have been listening for a while, you may notice that some of our segments are slightly different, but I'm hoping that you will enjoy this and run with it. So let us get straight into the K-Beauty news headlines. And in the first one, in probably news that will not shock a lot of people, beauty devices are getting a lot of attention at the moment in Korea. I've actually had quite a few questions come through over the last probably six months, I would say, about particular advice, uh, devices, particular brands and things like that uh, from lots of different listeners just asking questions. So this was in the news this week uh, and so many different devices are entering the market. And I think this is where it gets a little bit tricky just to know like what's good, what will actually work, what has data to back it up and what is just a blatant money grab from the companies. There are a lot of reasons that these home beauty devices have really taken off. I think the pandemic and the impact of that can't be ignored. A lot of people couldn't get to a salon or didn't want to go to a salon because they didn't feel entirely comfortable doing that in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, And then they're also a good option for people with time constraints as well. You know, if you have kids, if you're working full time, if you've got a whole bunch of other things to do, it can be difficult to find time to go into a skin clinic or, you know, to a practitioner to have these kind of in-clinic treatments done. And this is one way that you can save a little bit of time by just doing it from your own couch, your own, I don't know, wherever you would like to do your at-home beauty treatments from, maybe your bathroom for some of this kind of stuff. Uh, And, you know, Technically, they can also be reasonable in terms of the cost because you can keep using them once you've purchased them. Uh, I think that one is not always necessarily true, though. I think sometimes that might be a a little bit of a logical fallacy. Depends on the device. Some of these get really expensive, particularly for things like the at-home LED laser masks. Some of them that I've seen are extremely expensive. Uh, So, you know, maybe your mileage might vary depending on what you device you've purchased, how long it's supposed to last and the kind of results that it's promising to give you. But this industry is absolutely booming at the moment here in Korea. There are companies releasing devices pretty much from head to toe uh, with lots of different functions. You've got your derma devices, which can do everything from scalp care to cleansing to full body hair removal. I've actually got one of the little IPL hair removal devices at home. I've had it for a couple of years. And the reason that I got that was exactly for this reason, that I had been having Uh, laser hair removal IPL done at a dermatologist and I was just getting jack of going in and the other thing I really didn't like was doing it in the middle of winter because it was just really cold and you have to take everything off and have to have this really you know um, cooling gel applied to the area and it was very just uncomfortable but I will say I'm not entirely convinced that I have 
had the same results that I would have had if I had done this in clinic. I use this on a not unregular basis. I'm not very, look, I'm not going to lie. I'm not as rigorous or religious about it as you are probably supposed to be because life gets in the way. But considering how long I've had this thing sitting at home for, I'm going to say three or four years, like I still have hair growing pretty much everywhere. Now it's not as thick as it used to be, but I don't know if I would have gotten better results if I'd gone in and done it at the clinic. Probably I should follow the advice of the machine a little bit more closely than I admittedly do, but that's just my own anecdotal device uh, device experience, I guess, with one particular one. The other kind of ones that are really trending here are um, at the moment, obviously the LED ones are huge. They're really big. There are a lot of different devices that can help with things like brightening the skin, or so they say. Um, help your products to absorb better and improve the elasticity of your skin. There are some new ones that are for scalp care, if that's a particular area of interest. Um, Foreo, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, has also recently launched its cleansing devices in Korea. And cleansing devices, that was probably one of the first things I got into about 10 years ago, I used to use a cleansing device, but over time I just decided that I think they're not the best fit for people like me that have really sensitive skin. So I actually just prefer to do my double cleanse with my hands. I don't use any cleansing devices and I certainly don't recommend them for anyone that has issues with rosacea, with sensitive skin or anything like that. I just think they're unnecessarily sensitizing and potential irritants. Uh, But there are a lot of different things out there. I think, you know, do your research with a lot of these. I was having a chat to someone on Instagram the other day about just the amount of companies, particularly in the Australian market, because I am a lot more familiar with the regulations over there for things like medical devices, for TGA claims, uh, and the kind of things that you can and can't say about cosmetics and these kind of devices. And it's the Wild West. Like there are companies making all sorts of wild and wacky claims. None of the devices are listed on the ARTG, which is the Australian Register of Therapeutic Goods which they definitely would need to be if they wanted to legally make a lot of the claims that they're making about things like wrinkle reduction. So be a little bit careful. There are a lot of snake oil merchants out there for sure, or or just people that haven't dotted all their I's and crossed all their T's. I think that's the bigger one that I see is just people that are just sloppy. Maybe they have, uh, you know, FDA approval for their product in America, but they haven't bothered to get it in other markets that they're selling into. So be skeptical, be cautious. If you are being sold something that's promising all of these uh, kind of anti, really out there anti-aging claims like removal of wrinkles, reduction in wrinkles, all of those kind of things. Just do a quick search and make sure that they have the appropriate certifications for that. Some of these are big companies too that definitely should know better. Uh, and yeah, just that that's the only thing I would say. A lot of these have been certified for safety, which means they're safe to use, but that's not the same thing as saying that they are effective and do what they say they're going to do. So even if they're, you know, they're safe to use, 
is there any real point in using them if they don't do anything? You know, are you really going to see results from it? I think is the thing that people want to know before they outlay their money. Um, my, I haven't used any of the um, LED type ones for years. So my experience is a little bit out of date. I used to have one years ago. I used it. didn't think I really saw any results for it. But that was quite a, a while ago now. So I don't have the most up-to-date on this kind of thing. But if you are interested in it, I would say be very cautious uh, and, you know, do your research for sure based on where you're living and the, and the, um, the, the requirements that the companies need to be complying with as well. Another interesting thing that caught my eye in the news, probably because I just got back from Japan, is that nearly a quarter of Japanese women surveyed by the Japan Trend Research Group said that they use K-beauty products. So they did a joint study. Now, admittedly, this was quite a small study. They interviewed 200 women, but they ranged in ages and they asked people across Japan. And almost 25% of them said that they do use Korean cosmetics. Uh, and the reasons that they use them were slightly different depending on the age group. So teens thought that Korea was a bit of a beauty trendsetter, whereas people in their 20s wanted to use it because they like, for example, Blackpink or one of the idol groups. In people in their 30s thought that K-beauty products were reasonable for their uh, quality at the price points. And then people in their 40s tended to put emphasis on things like good quality. So I thought that was quite interesting. The, the vast majority of the respondents who used K-beauty products also said that they felt like there was a difference between Korean brands and local Japanese ones and brands from the US and Europe. Lots of different reasons were given for why, but there you go. So it definitely sounds like from everything I've been reading, K-beauty is popular among a certain group of people in Japan. So I think I sort of saw that as well myself based on just how many K-Beauty products I saw in Tokyo. I was a little bit surprised because I'd been told last year by someone that, no, 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 the the, new, the Korean news is all wrong. That's just, um, they're blowing it up. It's not actually that popular in Japan. And look, when I went there, you could have filled me, me because there was a lot of K-Beauty being sold if you're telling me that it's not very popular. So I think there is something to all of these reports that I have been reading. I think maybe this isn't this isn't just made up uh, but there you go that was in the news headlines as well now we've also had a very interesting question of the week come through from a new listener I believe she said she only just started listening a couple of weeks ago she's going through a few episodes a day which sounds like way too much of my voice for anyone <laughs> to have in their life uh, but you do you and she said I noticed you frequently and highly recommend D'Albert White Truffle Spray Serum. Uh, yes, that is correct. I definitely do. Uh, people will think that I get paid to promote this product and I really wish I did. But no, instead, it's just me spending my own money to buy bottle after bottle after bottle of it. Anyway, her question was about sunscreen and misting. So she said, I may be a newcomer to K-Beauty, so I may sound stupid, no such thing as stupid, but how does regular misting throughout the day affect the sunscreen, if at all, especially if the sunscreen is not waterproof? So that is a really, really great question. Uh, and 
Yes, the answer is theoretically misting can interfere with your SPF. That is especially if you are noticing things like your sunscreen or makeup dripping down your face. If that's what you're getting from your mist, then for sure it's going to be interfering with it. Now, one of the reasons I love the Dialba spray is because it doesn't do that. It's actually sort of a setting spray. But the only real way around, uh, you know, your misting interfering with your SPF or stopping it from that, there's two main ways. Regularly reapplying your sunscreen every two to three hours, or you can use a a waterproof one. So particularly if you are going to be misting really regularly, you know, I, I was thinking when I saw this question, I wondered how often I would actually mist and it depends. But like, for example, today, I've, I've, I've literally just reached for it the one time. So I've only misted once throughout the day. Uh, that can vary sometimes maybe a little bit more frequently. And, you know, I'm not going hell for leather with it either. It's, it's a light spritz over my face. Nothing is dripping down or running down my face. So I don't know that anyone has ever clinically tested this to see the impact of misting on SPF but I think that's a pretty solid rule to go by is that use a waterproof sunscreen if you are going to be misting or and or (laughs) make sure that you're regularly applying your sunscreen as well every two to three hours so I think it's kind of up to you if you're the kind of person that just can't stand waterproof sunscreens or you do not have one that you love then just making sure that you're going in there and reapplying your sunscreen and I did a whole episode on that on the podcast a while back. I will link to that in the show notes about the various different ways you can actually reapply your sunscreen. For example, when you're wearing makeup, Uh, obviously if you're not wearing makeup, just go in and reapply it again. There's no issue, but it gets a little bit trickier when you are, when you have a full face of makeup and you want to reapply over the top. So I'll pop the link to that episode in the show notes if you want to go back and have a listen to that. Now, on to our new K-Beauty releases. So, the big news that I have for you guys, and anyone that has been following me on the gram or following Jellico will already know this, but we are putting the final preparations on our brand new lip mask. So, it will be launching sometime in April 2023. We don't have an exact date yet, uh, but that is the big sort of launch that we have been working on for over a year now, actually. Uh, And what has been taking a little bit of time for this one is that we thought it was really important. So last year, Style Story became an official member of 1% for the planet. And that means that we have uh, uh, committed to donating 1% of our revenue to the environmental causes, the planet in in inverted commas. Uh, So what we really wanted to do with our new release for this fifth Jellico product was actually put our money where our mouth is with that as well. I really have a think about the sustainability piece and what we could actually do. Um, You know, we can't do all of the same things that the bigger brands can do because we are a small brand, we are constrained in a number of different ways by budget, by minimum order quantities and things like that. Uh, you know, we're not doing runs of 50,000 products. So anything that requires us to go and buy, you know, a whole lot of 
uh, tubes or packaging or something like that is not something that we're able to support at the moment. But at our level, what can we realistically do? So that opened up the discussion. We went back to our suppliers, to the people that we normally work with and sort of asked, what can we do? How can we tweak this, you know, the packaging piece around this to be better for the environment? And that was the main holdup then in getting this out. We've had the formula itself down for a while. Uh, We were pretty happy with it after not too many tweaks. We had a little bit of an issue with the formula, just trying to get the right consistency of oils in it, uh, just to make sure that the oils weren't, you know, uh, making it making it look bad in the actual tub uh, so we did have a few rounds of uh, of tweaking the formula just to get the perfect blend because what we really wanted to do is create a product that gives you that glazed look but on your lips so like plumping but hydrating and it is a mask that you can apply at night. You can apply it very sparingly during the day, uh, but I digress. That's that that's separate to the point of the sustainability. So what we ended up doing, we are using glass packaging. Uh, and glass packaging can be a little bit of a tricky one because if the glass is super heavy and it's going to be sent in the post, then sometimes it's not the most practical way because your carbon emissions will be higher the heavier the product is. But we managed to find glass packaging that we were really happy with. Uh, It took a lot longer than our normal packaging because of that. We had to try so many different options. We found one we love. It's glass. And because it's a mask and because it's got a blend of oils, wax and butter in it, we wanted to have a scoop, but we didn't want to do a plastic scoop this time or anything that you would just throw away. So what we ended up with is uh, like a metal alloy that is recyclable uh, and it's really beautiful. It's like a little piece of art in and of itself, a scoop, and we're going to use that for one of our upcoming products that will probably be launching next year as well we're going to use the same one Uh, so that way we are doing instead of the individual um, plastic piece that most people end up just throwing out anyway Uh, and then for the boxes the big changes that we made were using recycled paper for the box and we are also printing on soy ink as well for our printing so we've done I'm actually really happy that with the amount of changes we've been able to make just as a small brand. Uh, I think that that is something that is really, really important to us. And it did take a lot more work. We had to fiddle around a lot more with colors and things like that because we didn't want this product to stand out and look really, really different from all of our other products. Because of course, when they're sitting on the shelf, it needs to still look like the same collection. We don't want it to look really, really different from all of our other products. So that is why this one took a little bit longer than, eh, look, they always take longer than I think they're going to take. But this one, I'd, I'd say we spent a good six months just nutting out the packaging. And we did a lot of back and forths with all of our different, with our designer, with our box manufacturer. We ended up actually having to change box manufacturers for this one, which was a little bit of a shame because I do love our box manufacturer, but that's just not something that they had as much experience with. So we've ended up finding someone else that does. 
So that is the new K-Beauty release that I personally am the most excited about, obviously, because I can't wait for people to try it. Uh, Even my dad, my dad, I got him to try it and he was like, that's actually really good. And I was like, what do you think? What do you think that I'm working on something that's not very good? Like I, I would hope that my own dad thinks it's good, but he just sounded so shocked that I was a little bit like put off. I'm like, what do you think I've been doing up until now? But anyway, thanks dad for the vote of confidence. Uh, I would love for you guys to be on the waiting list for that mask when it is released. So if you haven't already, make sure you jump on to the Star Story newsletter list. We are going to have a special offer for that one when it is released as well. So get on the list now so that you don't miss out on that. I'm really keen for as many of you to try it as possible. Uh, I'm a massive fan. I really love it. Uh, A couple of people on our team have already been through several pots of it. So we are pretty big fans. We hope you guys will love it it too Uh, but that is that is one of our new releases coming up I guess Uh, now on to so this is usually the section where we share the reviews that other people have left for other products but we did this a few months ago and it was a bit of fun and that was it rather than sharing the review of the product we asked people why did you buy this product and this is always fun to see people's responses because people are a lot more honest with this okay so the first one the first answer we got was for dr Suricle's vegan kombucha cream and when asked why did you buy this the customer said i want to try this and the essence but it's sold out right now i like light moisturizers and i just want some fermented stuff on my face haha <laughs> so thank you for your honesty uh now for the same question why did you buy this our customer had just purchased Dr. Jart's color correcting cream, the sicker pair one. And she said, my sister has rosacea and we watched some chicks chatting and doing their makeup on YouTube and they used it. Looks pretty promising and it's got sunscreen in it. So there you go. <laughs> and then for the last one, this was for, for Tacobo's AHABHA lemon toner. And the customer said, I needed to spend a little more money and also need an exfoliant. Some online reviews said it's gentle on sensitive skin. So thank you very much to everyone who answered that question when they were checking out on our website. Those ones are actually some of my most favorite ones to read because they're nearly always just really honest. Um, like I needed to get my, my shipping, you know, the free, sh- uh, needed to get my order value up to qualify for free shipping or something like that. All right. Now, rather than a recommendation of the week this week, I wanted to do some nails and fails to just sort of shake it up a little bit. And also <laughs> truth be told, I couldn't think of a recommendation for the week. That's actually the truth. So these are my nails and fails. All right. My first nail is one of the new Japanese sunscreens that I picked up in Japan. So because of how sensitive my skin is, I have to really patch test and introduce everything really slowly to my routine. So even though I went out and bought all of these new products, I'm still only onto the first one that I bought. And that's just because I wanted to just give this a fair amount of time because I had a really bad experience last time with the Japanese sun milk that I did 
not like. So this one is for dry skin. So far, it hasn't caused any pilling or breakouts. And I've got shots of it up on my Instagram stories in the SPF tab. So go and check that out if you're interested, if you've got dry skin, if you've got sensitive skin, if you've got skin that uh, throws up allergies or whatnot to things like that. Um, That one I have been enjoying. Now, my fail is that the pollution in Seoul is abysmal at the moment. Like we're talking days that it gets up to like 200 and 300, which is really, really bad. I think as bad as it gets in Australia is like 40. So to put that in perspective, it's it's pretty terrible. I think Beijing on awful days gets up to 500, which is really bad, but 2 to 300 is not good at all. Uh, and because of that, I'm getting all sorts of flare-ups. It's making my rosacea flare-up. Uh, so that is just causing drama for me and my skin. I'm not happy about it. Um, I can't breathe properly. I mean, that's par for the course. The dust is so bad, but it's really, really bad for skin. And my skin is a unfortunately really really sensitive to it so that is my fail for the week but the nail is that the sunscreen is fine it's not causing me any problems it's not causing uh you know any dramas or pilling it works nicely with makeup so look one nail one fail I'm just doing everything I can to try and bring my flare up under control I've got it pretty much under control now but just at the beginning of the week my skin was just gross and I hate I hate days like that so that was my fail this week uh yeah so you'll have to let me know what do you think nails or fails should we bring that in like on odd weeks rather than recommendation of the week. It's actually really hard to recommend new stuff every week for you guys, I must say, because I'm always like, I just don't know like what people are interested in all the time. Like I don't want to always recommend dramas or Korean TV shows because that's just a little bit boring. But then I don't know. Anyway, let me know. Let me know. I'm waffling. I'm going to finish it up here. You will have to let me know what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. Don't forget to leave a rating and review for the show if you've been enjoying it. That really helps as well. We haven't had any for ages. Uh, So if you haven't already left one, but you have found any use in listening to the show, please, uh, I would love it if you could share your thoughts with other people on your favorite podcast app. It's really easy to do. Just scroll down to the end of the feed and there will be a section for reviews. If you could do that, I would be very, very grateful. All right, I'm going to finish it up here. And until next time, I will see you on Style Story. Bye.